And here we go, the Downward Facing Spiritual Spiral Podcast. Of course, my name is Eddie Cohn. I'm the host, creator, producer, originator of the Spiritual Spiral Podcast. I'm thrilled to welcome Dr. Damon Raskin to the show today. He is an internal medicine physician here in Los Angeles, specifically at the Palisades or in the Palisades. And I wanted to reach out to him. I wanted to talk to him and hear how this insanity of the coronavirus is impacting him and his practice. And I wanted to try and speak to people that can give you some helpful information, some perspective, because I think that's what's really important right now is finding some perspective, getting some real information about what's going on right now, because it's it's just changing every single day. And this is brand new territory. And any way I can alleviate some anxiety, not just for you, but for me as well, I'm noticing every time I speak to somebody, I feel better. And I think that's really important right now in this time of isolation, self-quarantine, where people are asked to stay home. That can be really challenging for a lot of us. And if we just stare at the news or look at the newspaper all day, that can create a lot of anxiety. So hopefully these conversations will be helpful to you. I'm also, as a yoga teacher, just to let you know, I'm doing live YouTube classes now by donation. You can donate on Venmo at Eddie Cohn. And I did one for the first time last night, and I'm going to keep it going. It was really great. Obviously, it's not the same dynamic as being in the actual yoga studio, but we're going to have to do something right now. And I think it's really important to keep moving, keep exercising, keep breathing. So yeah, I'm going. my schedule is going to be Tuesday and Thursday nights, 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, Sundays at 4, and Wednesdays at 12 noon. Just message me on Instagram at Eddie Cohn and I'll DM you the link to all the classes. Again, by donation on Venmo at Eddie Cohn. As always, if you dig the show, head over to iTunes, give it a quick five star, give it a review. Reach out to me on Instagram or Twitter at Eddie Cohn. Say hi. Any questions, reach out there as well. You can support the show on my Patreon, which is patreon.com backslash Eddie Cohn or also on Venmo. And yeah, that's it. Thanks so much for Dr. Raskin or to Dr. Raskin for taking the time to be a part of the show. Sort of figure out what the heck is going on right now because it's it's pretty insane. It's really beyond my wildest dreams what's happening right now. So as always, I hope you dig the conversation. Again, it's Dr. Damon Raskin. He's in the Pacific Palisades out here in Los Angeles. And thank you so much for listening and being a part of the Downward Facing Spiritual Spiral podcast. There we go. Figured it out. Ah, this is great. Thank you. Of course. Where are, are you home right now? Yeah, yeah, I'm in my uh, little study thing. So, um, wow, I, I don't know where to start, but how uh, has your life changed over the last week? Oh my God, it's uh, it's just so overwhelming, interesting, but exhausting. You know, let's say if I get maybe 10, 12 texts a day, I'm getting, you know, 50. If I'm getting, you know, 15 messages in my office, I'm getting 60. So it's just um, very, very anxious patients, very, very, um, most of the patients who are calling aren't even sick. They're just worried, you know, they're just concerned. They're overwhelmed. I mean, it's so much fear going on and so much unknown. 
so many things, you know, it's amazing. Very sad and crazy. Well, it is. And I'm going to backtrack a bit. And I started out about two weeks ago feeling like this was just blown out of proportion. And I, I get annoyed because... You know, the the politicians and pundits out there will say that, oh, I'm just like a Republican or I, I'm a conservative. And I just I felt it had nothing to do with politics in my mind. I just thought the whole thing was the media wasn't helping. I'll just put it to you that way. No, my, I, I actually agree. OK. Completely. Yeah. So I, I agree completely. And, you know, initially I also thought it was a little bit overblown by the media and that the media was spurring everyone on and, and making more of it than it was. It's really come to um, to something different at this point. Well, are you? I spoke to a, a Dr. Gatlin yesterday, who's down in the Inglewood area. Oh, and, I, I know who he is. Yeah, he's Jarvis Gatlin. He's a really nice yeah, he's guy. He's a good guy. I've actually known him for quite a while. He's a good guy. Oh, cool. Well, yeah. he was telling me that he had to get, um, I don't know if the right word is taught, but I, you know, he was telling me about the test where the. You have to go through the nose to the back of the throat. Are are you having to learn new things? To are you even open? Are you trying to? Do you have to do so, stuff right now? So we are open, um, but we are not providing the tests at this time for a variety of reasons. The biggest reason is my medical assistants and I don't have the right protective, you know, personal protective equipment, so that if we were to do the test on someone who we're suspecting has it, and then they cough on us, then, you know, we're screwed. Um, And then we're not able to be open because then we have to shut down the office. And then we're not able to help other people with other kinds of medical problems. So what we're doing now is we're doing actually what I'm doing with you right now. We're doing telemedicine and phone consultations for those patients with fevers and cough and suspected COVID-19 conditions. Um, And then we're also open for let's say just other chronic medical conditions or younger people who want their checkups that had them previously scheduled. But I'm, you know, definitely slowing down as far as patients over 65 who are coming in for routine visits. I'm kind of telling them not to come into the office at this point. Um, But I'm still open because I think if doctors offices like myself, if primary care doctors are closing, then I think then, then it's just, you know, everything's done. You know, we're done. We're doomed. You know, if doctor's offices are closing or grocery stores or pharmacies, then I think it's, it's done, you know? And so I'm, I'm trying to be out there for everyone and letting people know that I'm there, but I may not always want to see them in person. I certainly done some research and gone back and and looked at the swine flu and the SARS uh, pandemic. How is, do you know, and I I know you're not an infectious disease doctor, but I'm sure you're researching or at least trying to get information. And and I've read that the vast majority of people, 80 to 85%, are really going to experience very mild symptoms. And I don't, is this that much, what's, what's, what is creating so much yeah. fear. I, I think the, the reality is that what we're seeing in places like China and now in Italy and France is that it actually is more lethal than those other prior epidemics. So we're seeing more people dying uh, as opposed to the swine flu or H1N1 or whatnot. And um, SARS was limited in terms of where it went and it sort of died off pretty quickly. And we're not seeing that with this. Some of it Yes, is, you know, media and some of it is people sounding an alarm early. But I do think at this point that what we're seeing is a far deadlier disease. 
And I think that's what's scaring everyone. Um, And the other thing is that we're seeing is some people without any symptoms can still transmit the virus and cause problems in older people. It is true that uh, the majority of patients with this uh, virus will have just mild symptoms, cough, cold. Um, I have a few suspected patients now who are just self-quarantining, don't have positive tests, but they do have all the symptoms. And they're young and healthy, and they're, they're, they're going to be okay, and they're doing okay, and I talk to them regularly. Um, but what we're really concerned is, are those patients with underlying you know, medical conditions, things like diabetes or asthma, or, or who are on immunosuppressive medications for a variety of conditions, and, um, and people are really scared. Well, and I, the only reason I'm, I'm trying to bring the comparative analogy or bring up this percentage, about 80 to 85%, and I say it on my podcast a lot, is... You know, if you do nothing but read the newspaper or watch the news, whether it's uh, CNN or Fox or just read headlines, you know, which I did a couple weeks ago, it kind of freaked me out. Yeah. And so I think it's important to at least throw some information and not just poo-poo this whole thing, but just try to let people know you're going to be okay. Right. I mean, what we're seeing in the numbers that, that they're showing are are not real, real because what we're, we're not seeing – I mean, so many people are not able to get the tests. So on one hand, we would see so many patients who are positive who are not having symptoms, and and we're just missing that in the number of people. So what we're doing is we're testing the most severe patients, and then we're seeing them dying or very, very sick. What we're missing is the huge majority of patients who probably are testing positive who don't have symptoms or who have very mild disease, and that is – Um, something that we're missing in the media right now. And that's not the media's fault. That's the the reason is really is that we don't have access to the testing. Yeah. How how have, how has your just day-to-day life been impacted? I mean, you're still going to work, so there's some normalcy there, but are are you feeling out of sorts at all? Because I know a lot of people that I talk to are just, they, they can't put one foot in front of the other. They're just... Yeah, I mean, I'm so fortunate that I'm still blessed and able to kind of have a semi-normal routine in terms of going to work. But, you know, the workflow is different. I'm not seeing the same number of patients. I'm still, like I said, getting all of these texts and calls and, you know, very concerned patients. Patients who want to stock up on medications, they want three months of medicine or six months of it. I had someone ask me for a year of medicine just to sit in their house because they're worried about access to a pharmacy um, during a you know complete shutdown of the world, and I'm seeing this not just from one patient. I'm seeing this from patients who are not necessarily the you know the the paranoid patients or the uh, hypochondriacs. I'm seeing this from some very you know educated patients who just want to be sure that they're going to be okay. Uh, and have enough medicine in times of need. And so my world is a little bit different. I mean, my kids are at home, obviously. Mm. Um, you know, normally lots of different kinds of people coming through my office that are not pharmaceutical representatives normally come through my office. They bring us lunch. None of that is happening right now. It's, it's just, it is definitely different in my office, but I'm so glad that I'm still able to be out, be out there and be on the front lines and help as many people as I can, whether I'm seeing them in the office or talking to them on the phone, at least I feel like I'm making a difference. A few more things and I'll let you go. I know you're busy. I just, I was thinking though, what are you telling your kids about this? And are they freaked out? So it's funny that you ask because I actually talk to them on a regular basis. I even ask them today, are you feeling anxious? Are you feeling upset? Um, 
and they're not. You know, they see me going to work. They see my wife and their mom going to work. She helps me in the office as well, and they see us still busy. So that is a, a bit reassuring to them. They're starting their classes online tomorrow, and their school is closed for at least I think another uh, month, actually. And who knows how long that's going to last. So they'll have some structure, but they're um, they're dealing with it pretty well, uh, which mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm happy. You know, kids are, are kids and they can be flexible, but they're not overly concerned. I think they definitely take cues from, from their parents and their surroundings and they're seeing that, that I'm not freaking out, that I'm just trying to get through the day and manage uh, all of the stress that comes with what's going on in the world right now. So they see that I'm handling it and they're doing pretty well. Yeah, I'm, I'm encouraged. It's weird. I, I, this podcast has almost become a little bit of therapy for me because I, I need to see people and talk to people. And yeah. it's nice to see that you're not doomsday world is over because I, no. I do go there sometimes. It's just this is surreal. I think that's very human to be able to look and go, oh, my God, this could be, you know, the worst thing possible. But I think we're very resilient. And um, I'm really hoping, though, that people who don't feel that they're at risk, those younger people actually start to listen and really take some of the advice that everyone's saying in terms of social isolation. Because, you know, you look at some of the, the uh, TV where they're in Florida on spring break, all packed together like sardines and not paying any attention. And, you know, it could really be troubling. So I, I'm really encouraging everyone, even if they feel they're at low risk. I'm, we're still seeing cases right now in Europe where younger people in their 40s and 50s are on ventilators um, in uh, severe uh, respiratory distress due to the coronavirus. And we don't necessarily know why some of them are, some of them are. They, they, these are people who are young and otherwise healthy. So just because you're young and healthy doesn't mean you're completely immune. You still have to do the hand washing and the social distancing and not hanging out in crowds. And I'm still hoping that people will learn and listen. You're not anxious. Uh, I mean, it's weird. I'm only asking this because I've been a germaphobe for quite a while. Mm -hmm. And I've noticed when I went like to the office today for half an hour just to pick up some things, I felt like my chest getting tight. And I'm thinking, oh, my God, it's it's getting me, but I feel better now. I mean, do you did you ever have those tendencies or? No, but I, I have many patients who call me saying their chest is tight. So that's, <laughs> that's a very, very common thing. Um, no, in general, I um, I think I'm I'm, I'm not one of those people that does stress about this type of thing because that's just what I've been trained to do. Yeah. And if I'm panicked, then look at all of the people that are going to be panicked below me. You know, mm. my office staff will be panicked. My patients will be panicked. So I've sort of been learned over the years of, I mean, I've been practiced 23 years. I've gone through all kinds of things and with many, many patients and seen many, many things. And I think that I've grown accustomed to dealing with different crises of, you know, not pandemic. I've never had a pan. I don't think anyone alive right now has seen anything like this. So this yeah. is new to most people. But I do think that having um, the right attitude, being cautious, but not like you were saying, doomsday or pessimistic right, right. is is the way to, to help people understand. I have patients that tell me after I text them back that they're OK, that they just feel better, that they okay. just know that they can text me, know that they can call me. Tell I tell them that they're doing OK and they just feel better. So I feel like I'm doing a service and um, it makes me feel good that I can be there for these patients. My cat. Sorry. Oh, that's okay. You know, it's funny that you said about your cat because I have um, three dogs and they all know that there's something up. Huh. I mean, they, they've never seen all of us in the house this long, this many hours. Kids at home, we're at home early, you know. They know something's going on they too. Do. It's, it's strange. Animals are very intuitive. Well, I guess that leads me to the last thing I was thinking. You've probably seen a lot of strange stuff. Is, mm -hmm. is this the strangest 
cultural I mean, did you ever imagine you would be dealing with this? No. So this is definitely something I've never seen. And like I said, I don't think anyone in medicine or really anyone alive until, you know, since the pandemic of Spanish flu in 1917 and hardly anyone's around still (laughs) experienced. I don't think anyone is really 130 years ago. So this is something that no one has ever seen. This is unlike anything ever. No one has really seen the economy deal uh, with the blows that it's dealing with due to this. Um, No one's had to close restaurants and bar. I mean, this is unheard of. I also think we are, you know, uh, a little bit late and we should have Mm. started to do some of these things earlier on. Um, So I do think that it's going to get worse before it gets better. But I do have lots of optimism that we will get through this. Uh, There will be some pain and suffering, but we will rebound and it's going to be okay. in general. We will look back a year from now going, wow, that was crazy. That was terrible. But we're going to have vaccines. We're going to have medications. uh, We're going to be able to get through this until the next thing that happens. Well, my podcast sort of originated out of I just felt like social media was ruining the world because it's it's created a world where people don't talk anymore and right. Instagram will say that their DMs are, you know, quote unquote conversations, but a conversation actually requires the act of two people actually speaking. I agree. And so it's, I'm hoping that maybe this, you know, sometimes it takes something really terrible and tragic to happen to sort of wake people up. And maybe the uh, silver lining here is that it will get people to prioritize what's most important. I, I, I agree. And, and it's like families are more together. We're seeing our kids more. Uh, it's very, very interesting. Although there's social distancing that's, you know, necessary and important, it does bring people closer together. I'm talking to friends from medical school that I haven't talked to in a while, actually picking up the phone. And what you're saying about social media is true. Even with texting, if you text someone, it's still different than actually talking or seeing someone in person because you're not getting that same sort of visual cues. You're not feeling that same connection. If it's just a text, you have no idea what someone is doing while they're texting. (laughs) So not only just with uh, Facebook and, and all of those social media sites, but even just a text is, is less personal than I think what's going on now. And I think you're right. I think there is a silver lining that we're looking at that. And um, and hopefully that people will see the positives that can come from um, something like this. Last point. Tell me if I'm crazy. Gosh, I can't help but think the timing of all this is very strange. And I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but I know China doesn't like Donald Trump. I know, I, I read that in Wuhan, that's a place where they create biological or they create biological weapons, I believe. It, am I nuts for just this is just weird timing or I just no, don't go, I, just I think, don't go there. I think we're all thinking something like that. I do. I really do. And and you can um, you can be a conspiracy or, or a conspiracy theorist or, or not. But um, I think it's a very interesting question whether people wanted to bring down Donald Trump. And obviously this is actually there's a good chance that he might. Um, go down, whereas I think his chances of re-election were very high with the economy being good. And and I think this is a very, very interesting point. I think we'll never know. Maybe maybe we will at some point. Um, But I think your your thoughts are are very interesting and and thought-provoking. Well, um, Dr. Raskin, I I always liked you on the phone. I had recruited you for years. I felt like it would be... I've just... You know, my podcast, it's interesting. I started 
going down this path of, it was all about tech and social media and the impact it's having. But when Kobe Bryant died about two months ago, I started talking a little bit more about life and death and mortality and how freaking weird life can be. And so, and without even imagining that this would happen now, this is sort of where my podcast has gone down to this, this strange dichotomy of life and death and values. And, and I, I really appreciate you coming on the show and talking to me and just trying to add some perspective here. Well, thank you, man. Actually, I'm very honored. And yeah, it's been neat to, uh, to do this with you. And I look forward to perhaps some future collaboration. I appreciate it. Thanks so much. All right, man. Have a good night.